Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace and the podcast In Good Companies from Cadence Bank. I'm Simone de Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon.com, and I'm here today with Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu. Oh my God, I almost, it's executive director executive of Rebellion director. Pack. <laughs> <laughs> You could just say Brianna Wu. Like, that's all people and need Brianna to know. Brianna Wu, champion that's all the, of yes. cars and justice. Anyway, wow. <laughs> Welcome to me. Um. Off to a great start. This is yeah, a are. good show this week. I was going to say, good, good, good stuff, Simone. I go away for a week. I, I miss you both terribly. Thank you both for filling in last week. And uh, I'm glad that uh, that everything is, is going just as well as... <laughs> Yeah, it was perfect last week when you were away, and now that you're back, my brain is. See, it's like so this you know, is the problem. I, I should just go away more. I should just stay away, is what you're saying. <laughs> no, yeah, part of no, me is don't. clearly subconsciously relaxing, <laughs> knowing that you're here. <laughs> I'm, no, the pe- I'm sure the people, people don't don't reply to this, but I'm sure you love the terrible behind the scenes of me <laughs> trying to remember how to introduce this show every week. Anyway, let's get into it. Two minutes into the recording. Awful. We have an exciting show for you today. We are going to be talking about Jack Dorsey out at Twitter. We are going to be talking about Elizabeth Holmes taking the stand in her trial. And we will be uh, wrapping up today with a very topical topic that we will be topical talking about at the end of the show. It's a lot of fun. But first, let's get into it. So Jack Dorsey, Twitter's founder, Jack Dorsey, has resigned. He will be succeeded by Twitter's current chief technology officer, Parag Agrawal, who formerly worked at multiple companies, including Microsoft, Yahoo, and AT&T. Dorsey is sticking around on Twitter's board until his term is up in May of 2022, and then apparently bouncing, which is pretty atypical for a company founder. In his formal goodbye post, Dorsey said, quote-unquote, After almost 16 years of having a role in our company, from co-founder to CEO to chair to exec chair to interim CEO to CEO, I decided it's finally time for me to leave. Uh, He has been serving uh, as CEO in this current run of, you know, his attempts to be CEO since 2015. Uh, He saw Twitter through not only the 2016 election, when every social media platform did a pretty bad job, to then the 2020 election, which saw Dorsey defending Twitter's decision to deplatform Donald Trump. Uh, now, over the past couple of years, we've also seen Twitter, really over the past year, uh, Twitter has gotten quite aggressive with its expansions and developments. Uh, we've seen changes like fleets, which came and went, <laughs> true to their name. Twitter Spaces, uh, and the subscription service Twitter Blue, finally making its American debut. He's still been a controversial CEO, uh, partially because he also founded the mobile payment service formerly known as Square, uh, which this week announced is changing its name to Block, a separate but also related topic, which we're going to also address in a bit. Um, So he's been serving as CEO of both of those companies for a while, uh, which is a lot of work. Uh, So he's been criticized for that. And in 2020, the hedge fund, uh, Elliott Management, that controls a billion dollars of Twitter stock, actually launched a campaign to get rid of him. At the time, they didn't succeed. But as uh, Vanity Fair reporter Nick Bilton pointed out, 
this year, Elliott Management increased its stake in Twitter. And now we're seeing Dorsey leave at a time when like Twitter has been announcing all of these new products and stuff, but it hasn't necessarily had growth and still remains the smallest of the major social media platforms. Like it, it takes up a lot of air in the room compared to how small its user base is, um, especially in contrast to platforms like TikTok or Facebook. So because of that, there are rumors that maybe Dorsey's leaving is connected to the Elliott management uh, stock buy-up, especially since the fact that he's also leaving his board seat immediately after is quite strange. Um, and But uh, people also point out that he has spent you know 16 years being involved in Twitter leadership and trying to squeak into that CEO position, which he succeeded in months before and then was ousted. And then he finally got back in and then he's been running it since that since that time. But on the other hand, he's also a guy who has a million other interests, not just block, but also the block chain and intermittent fasting and his weird little rituals and grooming his beard and going to Myanmar. And he's been very vocal specifically <laughs> about his passion for the blockchain as the future of technology. Like it's in his Twitter bio. He's really, 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 really into it. Um, so it, it's also likely that he just wants to go do that for a while. So anyway, to sum it all up, he is out. Let's talk about Dorsey's legendary run at Twitter and what we think of this whole deal. Hmm. What do you think, Christina? Yeah, no, I mean, you gave like really good background information. It was interesting because Nick Bilton, who wrote the book um, um, Hatching Twitter, which is about kind of the early era of Twitter, which included a lot of kind of like the palace intrigue and the backfighting and like the, 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 the time that like, you know, Jack was ousted by by Ev Williams the first time and then like how he kind of clawed his way back, you know, and got Ev ousted and, and replaced by Dick Costolo and 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 had himself named like chairman and, and then executive chairman and all and all that stuff. Um so Nick wrote like the book, which it, at one point they were talking about making it in a TV show and they didn't, but they should. Um they should because it's <laughs> fantastic. But 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 um like Nick, uh not Nick, uh um uh might have been Nick, but but I think might might have been Ben Thompson who who noted in his piece about this that this was like the most orderly and like least dramatic like Twitter CEO handover we've seen. Yeah. Which yeah, which even though this is dramatic and I I'm not real it doesn't feel like this was it to my my gut tells me this wasn't completely his choice. Hmm. Um Why I, is I feel that? like maybe Why is that? Uh, yeah, I mean like like I feel like he he there were rumors that they basically had to leak the news before he announced it so that he wouldn't get cold feet. This very much seems to be tied to the Elliott management um, stuff and the number of uh, uh, board seats they had and, and the fact that Twitter's growth figures weren't hitting the the um, requirements that Elliott had for, for Twitter before, you know, kind of, kind of they were going to be like, well, if you don't hit these metrics, you don't have these growth targets, then Jack's got to go. So it kind of feels like maybe you know, he he did it before it, it all went out into a coup. Although at the same time, I could also feel like, yeah, as you said, he wants to spend time in Myanmar, you know, doing his intermittent fasting and and playing with blocks and, and uh, <laughs> it, you know, and the guy has more money than has a, has a ton of money. He's a weird guy. He's a nice guy. He's smart, but he's a weird guy. Um, he's been an interesting, I think, kind of leader of Twitter. But I also mm -hmm. feel like weirdly, I feel like at least for her Twitter going forward, it seems like putting this guy who was um, very much like a CTO and had a lot of his hand in product decisions and it was there for a decade, feels like having him in charge doesn't feel like that's 
a bad move, at least from the direction that Twitter's been going in leading up to this point. Like, I don't feel like everything's going to explode just because Jack leaves. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, I've, from what I hear from my friends that work at Twitter is, you know, he has not been the most active uh, CEO for quite a while. Um, and, you know, I think it shows if you look at some of Twitter's uh, decision making. I, I think you can never say often enough they had a product that was incredibly similar to uh, TikTok, right? Uh, didn't have the algorithm, which is the secret sauce that makes TikTok TikTok. But, you know, they had engaged uh, creators producing good content and they just absolutely act that. And I yeah. feel like they mixed out on a what could have been a massive, massive opportunity uh, for Twitter to grow there. Yet when he came back and took over for Dick, you know, it's, I, I think he's done a very good job overall. Uh, I could obviously critique him on a lot of the trust and safety issues. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes I just can't say on that. But I think overall, he's done a good job. I think they're really at this inflection point where I like that Twitter is trying new things like Fleets was a fail. Uh, but I would rather than bring out a product that doesn't, uh, or rather a feature that doesn't pay off, than just not try new things. Uh, mm -hmm. Christina, I think both you and I would agree Twitter yeah. Blue is a complete scam at this <laughs> point. Uh, I'm, I'm not planning on keeping it, uh, but I like that they tried it, you know. Um, I, I do think it's time to get some fresh blood for the company. Um, I just, you know, I think it's really interesting with Dorsey because he really is more interested in this metaphysical stuff. And if any Rocket listeners out there, if y'all are a little, you know, hippy-dippy, I'm not trying to insult you here, but like there was a version of a, a uh, EM-shielded tent that, <laughs> that went it was impossible to buy because someone, I believe they did a podcast uh, where Jack Dorsey talked about how he owned one and he just, quote, felt so much better inside, oh shielded from the electromagnetism that he did. And all the other people out there with that kind of mindset snatched this tent up. You know, that to me is kind of a a mindset that's fundamentally at odds in some ways than really aggressively running a company. I mean, we critique Mark Zuckerberg all the time on this show. I think very few of us would say his head is not 100% in that game. So, yeah. 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 I mean, and, and the, the criticism of, of Dorsey, his entire reign was the fact that he thought he could be Steve Jobs, who was famously CEO of both Pixar and Apple at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, obviously like his, he didn't do a lot of the day-to-day -day stuff of Pixar, you know, we wound up selling it to Disney and, but even when he was CEO, it's, you know, like, uh, John Lasser and other people who were, you know, in charge really managed that stuff. But, but, but I think a lot of us rightly, you know, we're kind of like, dude, who do you think you are? You know, the thing that you can like control both Square and Twitter. And people have said, might've been Casey Newton who said in his newsletter that like, there's always this, you know, kind of feeling like, you know, the people who worked at Square felt like Jack was spending too much time at Twitter. The people who worked at Twitter felt like he was spending too much time at Square. Um, excuse me, block. Um, and uh, <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I think that that was kind of valid criticism. Although to his credit, Square, which was what he founded after he was kicked out of Twitter the first time, is now worth like 
many multiples what Twitter is worth. Like, like Square, Square is behemoth. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even if he was not devoting his full attention to Square Now Block, that company is a wild success. And I remember, you know, first coming into like contact with it at conventions when it became the default way to credit to pay for someone's art in artist alley with a credit card Mm -hmm. to now like my um the liquor store that i go to has one of those big square readers um so many stores around here have those big readers and it's just become it's become part of the fabric of of everyday transactions uh when you're going out there and shopping so massive massive success on that front um Twitter, I, I I don't know. I wonder if that relates to because he's clearly interested in transaction and in the yeah. economic and, and, space, and, maybe more so now than he is in conversational spaces. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Like if you look at where he's been passionate, he's been really passionate about crypto and about De- uh, DeFi and and that kind of stuff and and Square or Block whatever. Um, you know, Cash App and and the various things that they've had with it, like. They were earlier even than PayPal and some other things in terms of letting buy cryptocurrencies with the app and and doing kind of like the Robinhood type of thing, which mm-hmm. which we can criticize and, and 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 maybe should, but at the same time, I feel like it, you know I, I can't knock the guy for for being very early on these trends that have you know like because in a lot of ways Robinhood is kind of like uh, you know there there's similar products in some sense except Square also has the merchant side and it also has the cash up side you know what i mean it's kind of like mm-hmm. like you know Venmo and 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 Robinhood and um like whatever service you would use you know to to take credit cards all like we're in one giant thing and and it's compelling um and so yeah i mean i i feel like it's been incredibly successful and i think that his his interests have very clearly been more aligned at least Outwardly, it seems like his interests have been more aligned with that sort of stuff than whatever's going on at Twitter. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that really ties to this decision to rename, you know, Square Block. I mean, he's been tweeting a lot about cryptocurrency with kind of the, you know, the typical line on that about decentralization and all of that. And you know, clearly, he's he's moving into that that space more. It's where his passion is. So, ultimately, maybe this will be good for Twitter. I mean, I don't think it's been poorly run, uh, but I think there's room for improvement. Certainly with Twitter Blue. So, hopefully, this will be a good move. I'll, I'll definitely be interested because it seems like the change that's happening here is it's going from having a CEO who like this was previously his his area of interest but his attention has been divided to maybe being run by a, a party that is much more invested or concerned about Twitter's bottom line where it, it, it obviously Jack Dorsey cares about that but it hasn't necessarily felt like that is his main focus um mm-hmm. and with this like hedge fund group with ha- having as large a stake as it does. Um, yeah, it- it'll be interesting. I hope that it continues to grow, as you pointed out, Brie, and do the weird things and do experiments um, rather than just becoming stagnant. 100%. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, they've got you covered. Squarespace combines cutting-edge design and world-class engineering, making it easier than ever to establish your home online and make your ideas a reality. 
Squarespace has everything you need to create a beautiful and modern website. You start with a professionally designed template and use drag and drop tools to make it your own. You can customize the look and feel, the settings, the products you have on sale, and more with just a few clicks. And all Squarespace websites are optimized for mobile. Your content automatically adjusts so it will look great on any device. You'll also get, on top of all of that, free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There is nothing to pass your upgrade. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help. They'll even let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name, and you'll have everything you need for SEO and email marketing to get your ideas out there. Do email marketing. It's actually really fun. You can use Squarespace to turn your big idea into a new website, showcase your work with their incredible design portfolios, publish your next blog post, promote your business, announce an upcoming event, and much more. Let me tell you, if I ever if I ever lose my mind and start some kind of interior design company, <laughs> I'm going to be going right for one of these dang websites and making a beautiful portfolio of all the homes that people have let me tweak <laughs> and adjust and change and alter. And you will look at it and you'll say, it's beautiful. The website, at least, jury's out on your work. No, but the I'm website just thinking great. about what a Simone decorated house would look like. What would that even be? Full of like, birds. Head right. to squarespace.com slash rocket for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code rocket to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for rocket. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of the show and all of Relay FM. Like, what does the bathroom even look like in a Simone house? Like, <laughs> Teal. There, Teal. Are, are, okay. are, are, are there lights? Like, w- would you have? What do you mean? Like, are there your, lights? Well, no. Would you have hue lights? Like, that's what I mean. Would you have oh, like your God, LED yeah. lighting strips? I mean, if the if the client wants them, of course. Okay. Oh, natural woods, lights, <laughs> plants. I, you know, I mean, what, whatever the client's brief is, of course. Listen, folks. Speaking of brief, this Theranos trial ain't it. Okay, Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Check the oh stand. my God, oh, that Simone. was bad. That was bad. <laughs> it was, was great. your worst segue ever. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> All right. I mean, that was that was something. That was that was like you were like out of like 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 like, like a twenties like reporter. You're like, what do you mean? Listen, that's yeah. my second choice. If the interior design thing falls through, I'm going to become a 1920s news reporter. I, I'm going to become a paper boy. I'm going to stand on the corner and I'm going to throw papers at people. Um, and I'll have a Squarespace website advertising my business. So Elizabeth Holmes, the Holmes trial continues. Uh, her defense strategy has mostly rested on uh, blaming others for what she didn't know, <laughs> such as, you know, the that the science was faulty. She didn't know while presenting her as a naive, true believer. But this week we had some very exciting developments as Holmes admitted to a host of things on the stand. Among them were 
damning accounts related to John Carreyrou's reporting, namely that she tried to get Rupert Murdoch to kill the story, uh, puppet mastered Carreyrou's tour of a Theranos well- wellness center so that he would see the good stuff only, and sent corporate lawyers after his sources. Carreyrou, of course, went on to you know report for the Wall Street Journal on Theranos and literally write the book about the company and uh, the ways in which it failed to fulfill its purposes. Holmes had also been informed that the company had nearly run out of cash. And also she had apparently doctored documents adding logos of companies like Pfizer that Theranos was working with on reports uh, that were sent to potential investors that had the effect of convincing those investors or giving them the impression that that Pfizer had created the reports and not Theranos itself. Holmes said in her defense that she hadn't meant it to come off that way. She had just wanted to express that the companies were in partnership. But A, that is not how it was received. And B, jurors this week were shown contracts that Theranos had with drug companies like Pfizer, uh, which expressly forbid the use of company logos in this way. Holmes also apparently altered some of the language in these documents, uh, which again had the effect of making it seem like the reports were done by the drug companies and not for them. Uh, which, again, would add credibility to Theranos' image. So a lot of dramatic, dramatic developments. Uh, I'm <laughs> yes, sure that uh, we and, have feelings. And, and, oh, that, and that's before we even get into the the stuff she finally talked about, her relationship with Sunny Balwani. Mm-hmm. Brianna, I know that you had, I, I'm sure you have feelings on the Carrie Roo stuff. Oh, um, my God. This was, this was so glorious. And I, I have to tell you guys, I, I've read every single article that's come out about this. And the reporters just cannot stop, like, calling out her lies with lies because it's so flat-out factual. Like The Verge. Here's a, here's a sentence here. Did Holtz make the deletion? She said she didn't know. She didn't know who at Theranos may have made the changes to the documents. I found this difficult to believe, particularly since she'd owned changes to other changes to the documents. <sighs> I mean, it's just... It's just like a house of cards that is falling around this woman. And you go and you find out like, oh, oh, I just, I accidentally uh, put these logos there. And I, my favorite part are the phrases she is using to wiggle out of stuff. The next time my husband catches me dead to rights about something, I'm just going to use some Elizabeth Holmesisms. Like, yeah, I felt that. When I said I would order some peppercorns for the kitchen, I felt like I would do that. Ah! (laughs) Like like she is, this is the thing that is so glorious about what happened in the trial this week is from bad blood, we got a, a certain picture about who she was, right? And I think, I think all of us believe John Kerry, but you know, it's ultimately a reporter, right? And right. we wanted to see what would come out from this trial. And what has happened in the trial is the prosecutors have had discovery to then <laughs> go and have so much more power than Carrie you had and finding these contracts and finding all these things and just plopping out their evidence, bam, evidence, bam evidence bam just presenting it to people it is so glorious y'all this is my super bowl yeah no although i mean i'm still 
it is. It's really interesting. I will say, if you if people aren't listening to uh, Carrie Rue's um, uh, uh, Bad Blood, the final chapter podcast, it's really good. And and I I'm even like a a, a subscriber patron, whatever the hell the nomenclature is for Apple Podcasts, um, where I, I give them like four dollars a month or something. Um, and they they do bonus episodes. What was really interesting was that he was put on the potential witness list by the defense, Ooh. and they did this because they in in his mind, and, and a judge ended up ruling. And they couldn't prevent him from attending the trial. But what they wanted to do is they wanted to say, because in most cases, if you're on if you're on a potential witness list, that means you can't um, listen to other people's testimony before you testify. Mm. And so the net effect of that was that for the first couple of weeks of the trial, he wasn't he wasn't allowed in the courtroom. He had to have like somebody else that, that he's working with in the courtroom with him. But he wasn't allowed to be in the courtroom and listen to what was happening because he could be a potential witness. And so he wound up filing, um, uh, you know, he had a, he and his lawyer, you know, filed you know, a suit and basically said that it was, um, you know, violating his First Amendment right. And and that they were basically going out of their way, which in my opinion, it seems pretty obvious they were, which was to try to like prevent him from um, you know, doing any more reporting or commenting mm-hmm. on on the trial. Um, the, the judge ended up ruling in his favor, and so he's been allowed to be there. But um, you know, after everything they did to to try to malign him, he's gotta feel pretty great. I haven't um I haven't listened to the episodes this week to see kind of what his response has been hearing this stuff, but but I, I have to imagine that that he's been he's felt really vindicated. I will say, I'm with you, Bree. This is kind of my Super Bowl, but I'm not I'm not feeling like it's a sure thing that she's gonna she's I, I've maintained this. We have a bet. I'm not I'm not maintaining that she's going to be found guilty or get jail time because the the thing is that you have to you have to prove intent. And, um, I mean, I feel like they, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence, but there's also like, I mean, her defense seems to be saying she really thought that all this stuff was, all this bullshit was, was real and, and that she wasn't intending to, to deceive. And so it, that, that's going to be the interesting question, I guess, you know, once this comes out. And then of course they, they got into the, the, um, abuse claims this week too, which, uh, you know, I, I don't know how relevant they are to the, you know, germane like issues at play, but it definitely is something that I think from a sympathetic standpoint, the same way her being a mother and, and you know, the way they've softened her look visually, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, all I'm saying is like we've, we've seen a lot of juries do a lot of things. So I'm, I'm still not feeling like it's, it's a guaranteed thing. She's, she's going to be found guilty, let alone go to jail. Mm-hmm. And remind the listeners about the bet that we have made yeah. between you so, two. Yeah. So Brie and I bet $500 um, that um, I bet $500 that she will not do any jail time. That does not mean that she won't be found guilty, but that means that she won't do jail time. Whereas, whereas Brie has bet me $500 that she will do jail time. I'm so, team jail. I mean, look, I, 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 like I said, I've said this before. If, if I lose, I'm happy to lose. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I had this feeling about Casey Anthony and I was right. Like, I, I, and I'm not saying I feel like as strongly there. Like, I think that like, uh, like uh, Jose Baez was, was a better lawyer than probably even some of the people Elizabeth has paid as much money as she's paid for. But uh, yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that gives me confidence about this bet is the punishment gap. Like, uh, studies mm-hmm. have shown that when women F up in professional situations, the, the, the consequences are actually much, much, much more severe than they right. are for men. And I think that a jury here, you know, like, I could be wrong about this, but I think her bringing into, you know, 
bringing abuse allegations into the the courtroom. Um, you know, and I just want to say on the side, I think all of us would agree if there's a case to be found against Mr. Balwani about something he did or did not do with uh, Elizabeth Holmes, I think all of us would want to see that investigated and prosecuted if it's relevant. I think all of us would agree with that. Uh, But I feel like her bringing in externalities and then having, more importantly, uh, this kind of weasel language about her uh, time as CEO at Theranos, my my personal belief here, and maybe I'm projecting my own feelings about it, but I think I think people want accountability, uh, especially from rich people, and I think that the the punishment gap is gonna is going to come into play, and uh, th- mm-hmm. I, I I hope they'll find her guilty, but I could be yeah. wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think you make a good point. I think people want accountability. I think probably part of the problem here, and this is what the the prosecution, they had so many witnesses, and, and this is what they're going to have to try to hammer home, is like who was hurt? Because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the, the people were potentially, their health was at risk, but the people who were really hurt were rich people who, by their own admission, by their own testimony, did not do any due diligence into the things mm-hmm. that they were investing hundreds of millions of dollars in. Like they, they did not do any due diligence. So I I think that makes it harder to prove fraud um, when, you know, like they're, they're not even looking into the claims because it's not illegal to lie. Um, And and so, you know, it's not illegal to make like a, like a false claim. Some of the other things that she, she was doing would be against the law, but like, it's not illegal for them to, you know, like lie about things, you know, that that might be in the works. Um, And so we'll see. But, but I think that that, that, that to me is, I think the thing that I s- still keep getting like caught up on, cause I agree with you. I think people want accountability, but then I think you kind of have to look, it's like, okay, well, are, are we really going to weep for the DeVos family or for the Murdoch family? That's yeah. The, the DeVos family, the Walmart, uh, what, what is their name? The Walmart people. Walton. The Waltons. Walton. Walton. There we go. Family. The Coxes, uh, the Kissinger trust, uh, <laughs> It's it's a lot of big names. Forgive me if I'm wrong about this, though. Wasn't there? I, I I've read Bad Blood like four times. Didn't carry you uh, like interview some of the the more mom and pop investors there, like people that heard Theranos was really doing well and invested a lot of money in that. I'm pretty sure that's in his book. I mean, there might have been. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if any of those people have been uh, paraded around, right? Sure. Like, and, 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 and the problem is, I mean, the prosecution has a ton of witnesses. That's a problem, too, because you're talking about a trial, as Simone mentioned, that is not short. Um, and, and it goes on for weeks and weeks on end. And then, you know, the jury is going to have to deliberate and think about these questions. And it's like, what sticks with you? And, and, and they're going to have to go through like, and the big thing is, is proving intent. So it, you know, mm. I, I think it, I think it matters how, how strongly it is. I, I'll like what, what, what was stunning to me in the testimony last week and in the stuff that I was reading, God, I wish this thing had been televised, um, <sighs> that, and, and, and I, I also, this is like one of the few times I've wished I was still working full-time in journalism because I, I would have done anything to be out in San Francisco. Oh, God, <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I would have moved out there like, like for six weeks yeah. or whatever for the trial, like no doubt. But, um, you know, like the, the wealth manager, the investment person for the DeVos family admitted that she never asked any questions or did any due diligence or, or oh, tried to yeah. even look at anything on 
the investment because she didn't want to make Elizabeth mad, but also because she had FOMO. She was like, well, Elizabeth was interviewing us as much as we were interviewing her. We really wanted to get in on this stuff. So I just, I just said, yeah, we want to get in on this and, 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 and we'll put the hundred million in because, you know, like the, the fear of, of not being part of it was, was too great. Like, yeah, that's not me, necessarily a good luck for them. No, it's not. I mean, because because it comes down to it's like, okay, well, how much is this is fraudulent if you literally didn't make any effort to even see what you were investing in? You know what I mean? Yeah. If I give someone my money and then they use it for something else, it's, it's a broken promise, but I don't think it's illegal. Right, right. I mean, if I invest in magic beans, but I'm telling you it's going to be magic beans. I tell you it's magic beans. And I believe and I say, it's going to be magic and, and, beans. And, and, and I tell you that, that, that something's going to grow out. And, and then it turns out like nothing grows from it. Like you still bought the magic beans. Yeah. yeah. And your point about proving I- intent. Yes, that that is at the end of the day what they have to what the prosecution has to do. And even as she's admitting to like adding the logos and stuff to things, she's saying, I didn't think it I didn't think it through what this would look like, what the impression would be and uh, proving that to be a lie is going to be very difficult. I I I have my opinions on what I think about it, but can you I mean I don't know if uh fraud charges uh, have the same um beyond a reasonable doubt requirement that murder does. My expertise is obviously murder, but <laughs> how 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 can you say like beyond a reasonable doubt that somebody could in could 100% predict what the impression that they gave off would be right. I don't know. I don't know. I think she's guilty, but you know. <laughs> oh, I think she's guilty as hell. Make, make no mistake. My, my my bet was never been about whether she's guilty or innocent. It's always been about like is she going to yeah what the consequences a, of that or, will be or B, do jail time. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll certainly be coming back to this rich vein. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was good, actually. Oh, that was good. That, oh. that was good. I, I appreciated that one. So and you and, and sat there and thought about this for the most of the segment. Own up to it, right? No, like, I, I genuinely it. didn't. Um, oh my I god! I love you. That's I'm good. Just smart that That's way. good. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by In Good Companies from Cadence Bank. Small and mid-sized businesses are how people turn their passions into their livelihood. But owning a business comes with a whole host of questions. How do I get started? What type of business loan is right for me? How do Federal Reserve policies affect my business? When should I create a succession plan? (laughs) That is where Cadence Bank can help. They have a podcast. It's called In Good Companies uh, that they put together uh, with all of their extensive knowledge to guide you through the life cycle of a business from start to sale. So if you have a business or you're thinking of starting one, this podcast will give you these strategies to help you navigate opportunities and the financial and managerial tools you need. I actually think this is super cool. So uh, obviously, I'm not actually starting an interior design business. But uh, like going from working in restaurants to just thinking about things like interior design, it is inscrutable to me how people actually start these things um and the idea of having a resource that just like walks you through like the i listened to uh one of the episodes today that's like it's literally just like hey what's the economy and they're talking about like how how do change how will changes in the economy actually affect a business that you start 
what is interest and why are the why does the Federal Reserve make the changes that it makes to to interest rates as you know the economy becomes strong or weak or etc. Um, so that is fascinating. And of course, as with many podcasts, uh, the host voice the host voice is very nice to listen to. So <laughs> I think this is super interesting. I'd recommend checking it out. Um, they also cover, for example, uh, breaking down the intimidating world of economic policy. Like I was just talking about what makes a healthy or unhealthy economy? How can you tell a short term economic dip from a long term one? Is inflation bad? Uh, what can you interpret from federal federal interest rates? And what is reverse repo? You can learn these things. And they have guests like Alan Tomes, the managing director of SBA Banking, Cadence Bank. And also Alan Adams, state director of the University of Georgia Small Business Development Center. They have both of them on in the first episode, and we have to distinguish them by their beautiful voices and by the fact that one of them has a one L and one of them has two L's. They mention this specifically in the episode so that I will know which is which. Listen to brand new episodes of Cadence Banks in Good Companies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go now and check it out. Search for In Good Companies wherever you get your podcasts. And our thanks to In Good Companies for their support of this show and of Relay FM. Speaking of Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. We are recording this on the most controversial mm-hmm. holiday of the year. Spotify yep. Wrapped Day. December 1st, the day when every Spotify user logs into their Spotify app and sees a beautifully curated slideshow slash quiz uh, slash mood reader of all the songs that they listen to this year. And everyone who doesn't have Spotify seethes in fury about how freaking annoying it is to see everyone post about their Spotify wrapped. (laughs) And this year we've got a couple uh, excellent pieces of of sad, withering rage <laughs> on the verge of Gawker about Spotify rap. So, okay, first of all, if you are not on social media and somehow not on Spotify, let me explain this to you. On December 1st, uh, for the last few years, Spotify uses all of the data that it has harvested about you to tell you your top songs of the year and your top genres of the year. And it presents it to you in this like kind of slideshow, an Instagram stories-esque slideshow where the various songs play. And it says like, if you were the main character in a movie, this would be your song. Um, I remember last year, particularly damning for me my spotify raft <laughs> told me that if i'm listening to it, that at night when i listen to music at night the song i'm most likely to be listening to is john wayne by lady gaga apparently i exclusively play that song at night and looking at that horrible statistic i reflected on the many times when i would be getting ready for bed and I would pop in my headphones and listen to John Wayne by Lady Gaga and like gyrate around my bedroom um, in, in what I call dancing where no one can see me. Um, hmm. And so that was I, I laughed out loud when I saw that. Anyway, so we get this beautiful thing this year. Uh, Spotify broke down like what your two dominant moods are, like what your vibes are, uh, judging by your music tastes and everything from spooky to affectionate to uh focused i think i had like vigorous and focused or something um 
And then you're, of course, able to like share all of those statistics, top genres, top songs, top artists to social media. Everyone does this. Yes. I also do this. Apple Music, another very somewhat popular <sighs> music platform, has a end of year replay function. It is a playlist. Of the songs that you listen to most this year. Uh, so this year we have Heim Gartenberg on the verge, <laughs> despairing <laughs> about how terrible this service is and how much FOMO he feels because he does not get any kind of, you know, Apple has all this data. They have it all. And they're just sitting on it and not even packaging it up nice and serving it back to you. And every Spotify subscriber is having a party over there and no one else is invited. Uh, Similarly, there was a great bitter piece on Gawker, uh, basically like hashing out a similar argument, um, comparing, of course, the title and Apple Music subscribers to an oppressed and ignored (laughs) group. Which you are. Sorry. Go on. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thriving out here. Anyway, so I'm enjoying this day very much. How are you feeling? And and, and then the people who really suffer are those of us who subscribe to both, but use oh. like Apple Music more than Spotify. And so we have kind of a garbage Spotify unwrapped, even though it's up. prettier. Oh, right. wow. So, right. So, 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 so I'm screwed all around, right? Because I don't really have a good representation of what I listen to because I listen to both services. And then... The Spotify one is prettier, but the Apple one is more accurate. It, it's it's really terrible. Why do it's you really use upsetting. Apple Music more than Spotify? Because I like it better on mobile. Mm, yeah. But I like Spotify better on desktop. So it really just depends on what device I'm listening to things from. And, and it tends to be that I listen to my phone or my iPad more. Because, um, you know, like the music app on Mac OS is awful. Um, <laughs> and, and uses over a gig of RAM on my new MacBook, on my brand, like, no, genuinely, thank you. like, like it, it's just utter trash. Um, but, but Spotify is good on desktop, but I really prefer, um, uh, Apple music on mobile because I can have all my uploaded, like special albums and stuff that are on it. Like, and I have custom playlists and stuff for, for certain songs that like, 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 Phoebe Bridger's like cover of Iris that mm-hmm. was only released on SoundCloud over, you know, not SoundCloud, um, 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 base, um, uh, uh, Bandcamp, um, like to raise money for like the election last year. And like I bought it and then uploaded it and it's in my Apple Music library, but I can't listen to that on Spotify. So I prefer Apple Music for a lot of reasons, but Spotify is better on desktop. So I feel like I am the one who is the most in pain because I have like the worst <laughs> of both experiences. So I feel like I'm the most put upon because I pay for both and I get the least. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. Um, you know, I think I, I have to admit I've never tried Spotify. And the reason for that is Christina app.net because Dalton uh, over the founder of app.net used to talk about how little Spotify paid artists and I was like well I'll never (laughs) support them as if Apple is probably paying them better although with Eddie Q's uh, relationship with uh, the music industry they're all the same yeah no the rates the rates are the same the difference is at least for subscribers the rates are the same the the difference is that because Spotify has a free tier Mm -hmm. as does YouTube there's a different rate versus what you get for like a subscriber versus a free tier, but it, mm. it, it's terrible regardless. 
Um, but yeah, um, the, the, the labels at this point, it, it's kind of standardized. And it, it's sort of a thing where like Spotify is this massive gargantuan thing. And they do this thing every year where like everybody is like, it's the best ad campaign you could ever get for the service, to be totally honest. It is. Um, but, 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 but they lose money you know, every year. I will also say, shout out to Spotify, um, hands down the best holiday party I've ever been to in my life have been the Spotify holiday parties. Like one year there was um, a Vampire Weekend, Janelle, um, Janelle Monet and Frank Ocean. Oh, wow. At the holiday party. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah, Do you remember so, when Nelly was dealing with all of his tax debt back in 2016? Yeah. <laughs> and there was this plan. He only had $2.4 million uh, in tax debt. But there was this plan to like get it some absurd number. Like, we've only got to listen to Hot in yeah, Here. Yeah, we've only got to Hot in Here like this so many times. I love that. that yeah, no, so I love funny. that. Oh, my God. No, I yeah, love that. Oh I got to say, so I think pre- in previous years, I have shared a bit of the, the wrapped stuff. Uh, but I've always felt this kind of embarrassment about it. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then for some reason today, specifically, I woke up, saw that everyone was sharing their wraps. And I thought, you know what? This is fun. Everyone is doing it. And I'm going to do it, too. And I'm not going to feel gonna like myself. I'm being boring. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I kind of I like that aspect of it. Like, especially this year, everyone's like, oh, Spotify is telling me how depressed I am. Uh-oh. I was going to say mine. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the things that it told me was it was it was something like sad. And, and I can't remember what the other one was, but it was. Oh, no. It was depressing. And and I was like, yeah, exactly. Fair enough. <laughs> um. I, I was I was upset though because Taylor Swift was number one on my Apple Music, as is correct with the world, but she was number two on Spotify. So again, like I have this weird thing where I'm like, Taylor is number one, clearly. Um, but on Spotify, I, I apparently listen to, to Gracie Abrams more. Well, well, well. Where where is this uh playlist, by the way? I don't even see it, Christina. Oh, for for Apple Music? Yeah, for Apple Music. You have to scroll down and it's like it, it's if you click on like the 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 for you or the browse section, then it gives you a replay 2021. It's at the very bottom of the listen now section. Well, so it, okay. The, like this is the story. It's maybe Spotify wrapped is really, really annoying for some people. And yes, it is all a marketing campaign. Why but is it's a good Apple one. doing it? What right. do they do? It's a complete, it's a waste. It, it is an easy win. I mean, it's not an easy win. Obviously, it's a lot of work and investment and money, but. But, 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 it, but it pays <laughs> off. Also, Apple, like, spent all this time on trying to get people to, like, be, like, follow friends and, like, have shared playlists. And, like, with iOS 15, it's got the whole, like, shared with you thing and all that stuff. So, like, they could even do cool things where they'd be like, these are the songs your friends are listening to. You know, this mm-hmm. was your top, this was your network's top thing of the year. Like, they have so much cool stuff they could do. I like Times, um suggestion a lot like they should just buy last fm which mm. um uh, has floundered uh, over the years but was for many many years it was like the ultimate scrabbling service the whole idea behind last fm was that no matter what source you listen to music on it would like keep track of what your listening data was that's smart but, and creepy which, which was brilliant but then of course people like apple broke it like it, I still automatically scrabble everything I listen to on Spotify to Last FM because they still have integration, but Apple doesn't. And you, there's not an easy way of getting it to work on mobile. You have to basically run some sort of daemon if you want to get it to work on desktop. And I, I only use Apple Music primarily on mobile, so the whole thing is 
awful. And but, but but they should just buy Last FM. They could get it for nothing because nothing's been done with the service in a really long time. But they have all this personalization data, and it's really good. A, it would improve some of the recommendations, which Spotify in general is better at. And B, like they would have all this data at their fingertips that they could then like visualize for people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just buy them. Just people I like just do it. If it, because when when I think about Apple, I don't necessarily think about social media. And I'm putting this statement out there verbally to see if I then come up with a contradiction to it. And I'm I'm not I'm I'm coming up dry because I I feel like so many of the like companies like Spotify that are younger um, really rely on social media word of mouth, and that's not necessarily been Apple's mo. Right. Ping, ping, RIP. Um, pour one out for, do you remember Ping? No, of course not. <laughs> uh, no, so, so, so Ping was, was, it was like 10 Ooh. years ago. Ooh. And it was um, their attempt at, it was the first attempt at doing a music social network. So they, so they, they, they bought this um, uh, service called Lala mm-hmm. and they kind of ruined it. And then it had a Facebook integration that lasted for like a day where you could follow people and like have your Facebook friends there and like see what music you were listening to and send people songs and whatnot. And then, and then Ping died a few years later, but, um, and they kind of revamped it with like the, the current follow system. But, um, yeah, Apple had, you're right. They are notoriously bad at, at a social. However, there is iMessage. And so I'm, I'm just saying like, I feel like people would want to share their playlists with their group chat yeah, yeah, they do understand how people connect, like, in intimate settings, but I, I don't know, I, I, I almost wonder if this, like, idea of creating this thing that you're sharing out on, you know, Instagram and Twitter is it, uh, beneath, like, well, I don't know. what they think that they want to do? I don't know, but w- what's the benefit of keeping Apple Music siloed like this? Yes, that's the point, right? You're probably right. They probably feel like they're too good for that stuff, except here's my thing. You feel like you're too good for it, but, but yet you do a half poor man's version. Like like Heim said in his post, just copy it. Just copy Spotify's work. Copy their homework. (laughs) Because what you're doing isn't even copying. This is like somebody being like, oh, well, I heard your idea for this. I'm just going to create my own weird version, which is not going to be good. So if you're you're going to have, you're going to like not even give it any, like, so clearly they know that they have to create this Mm -hmm. unwrapped competitor because they, they released it a few years later. Clearly they know they have to have something like that because um, people like to have that sort of data. But if you're not going to go all in, I'm just mm-hmm. like, it, it just, to me, I will say this, and I'm and I'm speaking specifically of myself here. I do find it funny and good that, you know, for a lot of people, they consider like Apple Music, like the expensive one, like the rich person music service, because <laughs> you have to pay for it. There's no free plan. There aren't the options of getting, you know, some of the student bundles and things like that. And yes, you can get it with your carrier, your mobile carrier and this and that. And, and if you have an Apple One bundle, you can get it there. But, you know, it, historically, the way it's been differentiated is that you have to pay. So I do appreciate that the, and you're going to flip me here, but I do like that the rich like are getting the worst experience. I really do love that. Like, and, 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 and as, as I said, that me who pays for both 
is truly the most like <laughs> egregious. Like, like I am the most You're the biggest party. a-hole of them all, Christina. I am. And and I am also the biggest victim. So, but but I do <gasps> love that. I, I, I do love that like this is one of the few times where like everyone else is enjoying something and the people who are like, oh no, I'm going to buy it because I have these standards or this or that or 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 look at me in my fifteen hundred dollar phone and and the people who are like, yeah, but um we, I have like movies customized. We're on a Spotify family plan and paying five dollars a year. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, and, and look at all yeah. this cool stuff I have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, isn't it fair though, Christina? Like you're CEO of Christina Bucks, so wouldn't you say <laughs> the buck stops with you? <laughs> you? You are correct. Much like Elizabeth Holmes, the buck does stop with me. I do and, feel and that. I've been yeah. a failure, and I've been a failure. Uh, I, I, I should I should go to jail. No, um, no, no, you say for, I felt that. I felt, I felt that. that. That's correct. I felt that, and and I should probably go to jail for uh mm-hmm. for, for for my crimes. Hey, look. At least I don't subscribe to Title anymore, and I I, oh, I do why subscribe did you to, remind to me YouTube. That you did that. Oh no. Yeah, and, and and I do subscribe to YouTube Music, but that's just because it's part of the YouTube Premium thing. Um, so you know, I'm, I'm I only have three services. Four, I guess, if you count whatever the free studio, whatever the Prime Amazon thing is. But I don't pay for their full catalog so oh look God. at least oh i don't pay God. for like there was a time when, when i pay for many of them so yes. at least i don't do that like growth growth so i love it so love the another growth. reason i'm i'm not terribly invested in this and i want to know if i'm alone on this uh my husband has completely uh permanently destroyed my ability of my Apple Music uh, library oh. to tune itself to my taste. So oh, is I this like because EDM. of your HomePod? Yeah, because of HomePod. I like rap. I like EDM. I like techno. I like house. I like drum and bass. You know, that's that's my jam. Frank is right. into 60s rock and roll and some band that all of us on this podcast agree are trash. You too. Um, <gasps> sorry, sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. No, Goodness no. gracious wow. me. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, there's been a murder on the podcast. <laughs> Moe de Rochefort will will be pleading not guilty by by you know like I think uh, I'm the one who was just found dead, Christina. <laughs> okay, because because I thought you were gonna you were gonna kill to avenge uh, Bono, yes, but yes, you should do that. No, wow. my point is, Frank, like because of HomePod, right? There's no way to tie, even if you do pay that five dollars a month for the family tier or whatever it is, which right. is a terrible idea. Uh, you know, if you have a home pod in your house, Frank listens to rock and roll all the time on that thing, doing dishes, rock and roll, shower, time to hit the home pod in the bathroom up for, for rock and roll, you know, work in the office, it's rock and roll o'clock. So like none of my stuff makes any sense. It's the most schizophrenic and I can't stand his taste in music either. No, so, yeah, is, so is that just Spotify. me? Is that just me? No, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, um, I, yeah. I think that anybody who has, honestly, I think you just made a great example of, again, another reason why the HomePod is garbage. Um, and <laughs> it, at least the fact that you can't switch between users, which ugh, I'm sorry, what year is this? Um, uh, but yeah, I think I think that you actually made a really good argument, which is that Apple's whole ecosystem is not really designed to do music or personalization well. Yep. Hey, now. This episode of Rocket is over. Christina, what are you doing this week? <laughs> so I am recording uh, next episode of The Download with Christina Warren, which Yay, you can find at youtube.com 
I am back, which you can find at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. Check that out. Episode will be out on Friday. And uh, just, uh, you know, um, I was off all last week. And so just kind of coming back to work. It's weird because I'm going to be off for a lot of December. So it just kind of is one of those like kind of like finishing up end of year stuff, I guess, before before I I go on vacation. Before you're forced to vacation. Precisely. Although because of, of how much how many times I've gone home, I, I will not be forced to take as many oh, weeks off. Oh, good for you. But, but but I still have like five weeks of vacation available oh to me. God. But I will only be required, I think, to take two of it. Oh. But Christina. three of it will carry over. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Brianna, what about you? What are you up to? Oh, my God. I am neck deep in email because I had surgery last week. So, uh, obviously, it was not my most productive week. And... Uh, I'm still trying to catch up on all of that. Oh my goodness. Uh, y'all, the uh, final Expanse novel uh, came out. I don't oh, know yay. if any of y'all watched the, uh, watched the Amazon show, but the I books haven't are, yet, are, but I know Jared Harris is in it and he's great. Yeah. Well, the books are even better. And uh, uh, the very final one came out and I, I really mean this. The, the Expanse is the finest work of literature to come out in my lifetime. Every one of these nine books, I've reread more times than I can count. And the final one came out and uh, I, I'm gonna, I just finished it today. I'm going to be rereading it. It is a brutal ending. Oof. It is, it is, I'm not going to spoil it, but it is, it's perfect. But it is, I like, I'm sitting there reading this book and I'm just ugly crying. Yes. And then Frank comes back in like an hour later and I'm still ugly crying as I'm reading. There's literally nothing better than that because yes. you have to like actively be turning the pages. Like you can watch a TV show and be ugly crying and it, but it's passive. It's a passive experience with a, with a book. You're actively forcing yourself to keep reading <laughs> Oh, it's such a good experience. And it's so bad because you can't talk to anyone about it because Frank doesn't read The Expanse. Oh, no. And I can't talk about it on Twitter because that would be spoiling this beloved book for people. Uh, so I'm just screwed. I, what am I going to do? Log on to Reddit? No. I was going to say, you've got to have <laughs> no. a burner Reddit. It's <laughs> no. so, the only option open to you. That's what I'm doing this week and also evading Simone de Rochefort who will nice. be coming to my house to kill me. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. I, I mean, <laughs> how long does it take to get to bus? Five hours? Six hours on a bus? Yeah. So, yeah. And there are buses yeah. that leave from, you know, Port Authority, <laughs> 11 p.m., midnight, any hour of the day, any hour of the day. But I wouldn't come up there. No, I wouldn't You'd have do to that. get past a killer Havanese. So good luck That's with true. that. That's true. Very scary stuff. Um, I'm I'm decorating a Christmas tree this week, y'all. Oh. We're doing Christmas right over here. All right, in the in the household, <laughs> and I'm gonna do that as soon as we stop recording. Whoa. Um, Christina, where can we find you online? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams, and as I said, you can find the stuff I do at work at YouTube.com/slash Microsoft Developer. And Brianna, uh, Brianna will on Twitter. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Doom Quasar and at YouTube.com slash Polygon. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rocket. I hope that you enjoyed our spirited conversation. <laughs> if you did, I think you'll leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's certainly the impression that I was trying to convey when I did such a good episode for you. Um, I really felt that. 
Thanks, everyone. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated. Christina. Christina? Yes, terminated. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <gosh. laughs>